I don't know what's worse, being in a big airport and actually having things to do, or because I've had to stay, I've had to wait for my plane in the Lansing airport, where literally they have one restaurant and one store and you can either eat the sandwich or go read this one magazine <laughs> and you have to share it with all the other passengers, yeah. all the other passengers. and you're like you want this turkey sandwich no <laughs> Much like these episodes, we're going to be cycling through a number of accents, none of which are identifiable. (laughs) (laughs) How does the introduction go? Christina introduces everyone. Sure. Yes. Yeah, I definitely remembered to do that again for the second week in a row. (laughs) Uh, Hello, and welcome to Demons Are a Girl's Best Friend. Uh, I'm Christina. This is Bajaya. Hi, I'm Bajaya. And if you are personally feeling attacked by a seasonal affective disorder, please come join me. And we'll hug (laughs) and stay warm. (laughs) I cannot join you because it is too cold to leave my house. And Sarah. I am death here to take you to where you want to go. <laughs> and I look like a hot ballerina. I was gonna say I look like Phoebe Bridgers. I am here <laughs> yes. to lead you into the afterlife. Fun fact, death is Phoebe Bridgers. You know what? That one thousand percent tracks. That would track. That'd be fine. Yeah. Honestly, a lot better than I was afraid of. So. <laughs> wow. These two episodes, guys. There's a lot. They are covering a lot of ground very quickly. Yes. I have a feeling I'm going to need a lot of um, religious guidance, I feel like, through especially like the second episode. So, you know, just be ready for some questions about religion in the second episode. This is why Um, I went to a Catholic British school for the seven, eight years of my life. Pajai has been training for this moment. Yes. We have a lot of important things to talk about, but I think the mm-hmm. most important thing to talk about for episode three was how hot Coulter and Asriel were together and how yes. much, <laughs> how much, how much he wanted to bang her so much. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, dude, slow your roll. Like, <laughs> my, my cool. note is, this is a ridiculously sexy interrogation. <laughs> It was absurd. It was absurd. <laughs> yes. Guys, if I was a knife and I had to cut through that sexual tension, oh, I would break also. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> the one thing the subtle knife cannot cut is the sexual tension. Because <laughs> there's nothing subtle because about it. Because it wasn't subtle. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. If you have to, if you have to explain the joke, come on, guys. So good. I will say though, like, what if, what if, like, God forbid, you end up in an actual interrogation session? Like, at this point, it's so enmeshed in culture that, like, if you if you're handcuffed and someone is interrogating you, like, just by accident, wouldn't you be a little turned on? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't mean to accidentally flare with you, but this Stockholm syndrome setting it fast. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us where the plans are. <laughs> you're like. I will make the makeups a little tighter, and I'll do anything. My sister had a costuming note for that scene that I'm just trying to find. Oh, well, my costuming note was comes later in the episode, which is when she's given uh, a, an outfit to wear, and she's oh, like, oh, yeah. "This is what you want me to wear," and it's like. A beautiful tailored Mark Jacobs military yeah. style onesie, <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me, that's their like prisoner outfit. I'm I am jealous. <laughs> but so I don't know what the costuming note was, but that was my costuming note. 
So this is okay. So this is for the interrogation scene. She says that Azrael and Colder are wearing parallel outfits, Ooh. overlapping shirt collars, high waisted belted khakis, and have similar hairstyles. Azrael's sweater is reminiscent of Colter's blue sweater from previous episodes. Oh man! So it's like the the power dynamic has shifted, right? Like, damn. Yeah. And then I think, and then yeah, and then like she leaves, and immediately starts dressing in those jewel tones again. And then when she's trying to escape she's back in the khaki yeah that's true oh nice yeah wow yeah she clearly she clearly thinks that sneaking equals beige <laughs> which is not true in a marble palace but like <laughs> good for you it's an effort the famous beige landscape of geneva <laughs> switzerland <laughs> I just remember thinking it's too cold marble's too cold oh my god right yeah, no, that's not. They could they could do with a th- few throw pillows in that place for sure. Yeah, <laughs> they can't for sure. Fuck to keep warm. Yeah, no, but so then during that interrogation, you know, it's funny because obviously, I I question Coulter's motives through everything always, which is why she's mm-hmm. so brilliant. Good call. But yep. still, I'm like, who would have thought she'd be the better of the two parents? Like. As well, better is a strong word. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess. That's I guess better. better in the sense better is of like two war criminals, one is gonna be better than the other. That's, like, that's what I mean. This, this, <laughs> these the themes of these episodes were remember all the crimes these people did. <laughs> I just I did, did remember all the crimes. Well, I just I it it was. It was just funny that Azriel was just like, why do you care about this stupid kid? And she's like, she's my daughter. And he's like, okay, sure. Cool story. Sounds fake. Yeah. What? Huge if true. Huge if true. He killed all these people. But though he, she uh, split all the kids from their demons. Right? Well, oh, yeah. No, she's horrible. Uh, yeah. How he called her out on that, and then five seconds later, literally tortured an angel into dust. <laughs> right. It's just kind of like, oh, I was like, oh my I was like God. also, you and did also. Means- well, he also killed the child. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah. Also, That's yeah true. just one, though. And I forgot That's the bit true. where uh, Coulter had been torturing witches. I forgot about oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty did not forget that. I love the crimes against math happening there. He's like, you're going to have to justify yourself before my counsel. And it's three guys. <laughs> it's three guys, two of whom have met her already. <laughs> Just like, oh, oh great. The, the dragonfly man is here, too. Okay, I guess we're done. He looked so creepy when he was turning that angel into dust. He's like, yeah. just his face is like so gleeful and yeah. maniacal. And like, ooh, and why am I turned on? But also, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Problematic face. We had a lot of those moments, including when he, and I think that was this episode. And, yeah, it was definitely this episode um, where he like, pushes like he grabs Coulter by the throat and then he's like I wish you would be who I want you to be and I was like wow this is a no, wild moment no, okay. wild yeah. I mean I great, been like, great acting I, I will be whatever you want me to be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, okay incredible acting right here. incredible mm-hmm. acting I did like yeah. the member oh, yeah. the one the commander I keep forgetting his name uh, um, a good way. was like he was like I know what she is, so I'm fine with her. But Azrael, mm. I know you. Are, I know if you were given even the smallest chance to bang her, you would. So I do not trust you, <laughs> sir. And I did love that moment. I was like, yep, yeah, calling it like you see it. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Gunway yeah, is like y'all. Y'all are getting your weird interconnected horniness all over my war. <laughs> yeah, because right. yeah. they haven't brought it up in. The show, but Ruta Scotty and Col- and Azrael also used to bang. Really? Oh, that doesn't, yeah. That doesn't remotely yeah. shock me. I forgot about that. Yeah. Damn, you're right. Yeah, yeah he can't. He yeah, seems with, like he has issues yeah. with powerful women. Which is, like, look, we, we respect it. We're <laughs> happy about it. We look forward to experiencing it, but... Doesn't in, always in meantime, doesn't always exhibit itself in the kindest ways. Right, yeah. yeah. Google's how do I become powerful woman? <laughs> I think it starts with a Mark Jacobs big military jumpsuit. I will tell you that um what are those uh, the winged creatures called? I forgot. I keep calling them fairies, but I don't know. 
Oh, 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 what are they? They have. Called? There's a name for the race, and I forget what it is. Too. Yeah, his name is Roke, though. We're just gonna let's just call them pixies or dragonfly people or whatever. Um, they. Oh yeah, because no, they ride on dragonflies. Do they in the book? Oh, they yeah. do in the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, do they have? Do they have wings? Or no, just they, the dragonflies. No, I think they're just they small people. I think dragonflies yeah. like they. Uh, yeah. Uh, fly faster and longer as long as they like mm. get water or something because if they don't they die or something but anyway um they they looked exactly kind of like what i pictured them to be um when i was reading the books is what all i was gonna That's say cool. i kept thinking though there was that one point where the one the woman who's following will and lyra when all of a sudden she's like, you lied to me, it's broken, blah, blah. I was like, what is she? And, and Lyra's like, get away from him. What What is that little tiny thing going to do? Like, Will could just go like <laughs> this and backhand her out of the air and she'd be done. Like, she doesn't seem like she has a lot of authority. Like, they're great for spying, but I'm not sure how much power yeah. they they're really. They're very fast. I guess they're... they can stab you in the neck. That's yeah, true. they'll knock you out with their little spur mm. things. But Also, that lady is Claire from Fleabag. <laughs> Which one? Oh, the, huh. the ti- okay. tiny lady. Is it really? Will and Lyra. It's Claire from Fleabag. Yeah, it doesn't even look like she's her. her. I know. Well, we don't really see their faces That's very true. well, but yeah, the voice. I, the, I was like, oh, the, the voice hair. is familiar. And then I looked it up, and yeah, actually, I will say that the hair actually should be more of a clue because it kind of looks like when Claire gets the, the haircut that makes her look like a pencil. I don't know if you remember that, but like <laughs> that's kind of what that, that fairy dragon five person's oh, hair looks yeah. like. So, well, I'm glad she's getting work. But, uh, yeah, so wait, the the angel torture scene, I will also say, would have made a lot more sense if we had any context for this war. And I'm gonna, I like, tell me to shut up at a certain point, but like, if you just said Azrael's mad at God for like his, the agent, like for the magisterium, like, like subjugating women and preventing the march of science and like fucking up being alive for everyone else like then like torturing an angel doesn't seem as bad but like there's just not any of that context he's not like brooding on how much he hates stuff he's just kind of like okay torture time like yeah. you know right before tea but after snacksies i was gonna say that that is that's an excellent point you make because i do feel like i don't understand i understand like from an archetypal place where he fits in the story like he is the person who is trying to like fight for ultimate logic over our ultimate like oligarchy or religion or um what is the name of a of like a group of religious why can't i think of a religious group of leaders theocracy, theocracy thank you wow my brain um i th- i can see how he he is that like that archetypal person fighting against god but i don't see i didn't i don't understand his motives and like i don't I see that he believes in science, sure, but why he's pushing so hard, I don't see. I don't actually really see his respect for women at all. <laughs> um, Not so, really. So, so if that's actually a driving force, uh, then that clearly isn't uh, coming through. And I'm not saying that that's James McAvoy's fault. I think it's a scripting problem. Um, yeah, and, I agree. And one of my biggest problems with this season so far, and I think these two episodes in particular, is that they feel very... Um, like playbooky sort of in terms of, and this is one of the questions I was going to ask is like with the religious allegory in the previous seasons, it was very subtle and felt like kind of compelling. And then this season, it feels very like, like I I was going to talk about this for next episode, but the idea of purgatory in some way being Mm. like a waiting room or like being run by bureaucracy. I'm like, that feels so tired and like done. And I don't know if that's how it is in the book or not, but like, and the book is admittedly, I don't remember when it was published, but long enough ago that maybe that wasn't such a trope yet. I don't know. Um, But I think that this season you kind of are losing the, the purse, the, the, the reason behind it and the motive and you're just seeing action. Same with Lyra being obsessed with going to see Roger. That really bothered me. And I can talk about that for next yeah, episode. I have thoughts on that, too. Have, Let's save yeah, that no, till, yeah. till the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so yeah, anyway, but so, yeah. so I guess I, I 1000% your point is 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 exactly what I was like, couldn't put my finger on. It's like, I'm like, why is he so mad, dude? 
I'm like, cool your jets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because we don't actually get, like, it. it's not even that clear in the books, but like, basically the magisterium ruined Asriel's life because he, he wanted, like, divorce wasn't allowed. So he ended up killing Marissa's husband. I was going to ask about that. Was that something that was revealed to us before? Because I don't remember that. It might have no. been mentioned offhand, but it was never like yeah. a major. Because it was yes. explicitly focus. said here with it, like twice. It was, yeah, twice. Yeah. So yeah. you you had asked uh, last week about like what their deal was, and so mm-hmm. this is basically it. They had an affair. She got pregnant. Yep. He, uh, it, it, they had to basically do a duel, mm-hmm. and Azrael killed her husband in a duel. But they still couldn't be together after because he basically like the shame of killing a man in a duel drove him out of society and he lost all his wealth and privilege and blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Okay. Was, was her husband like a bad dude or just a not, just a dude she didn't like? No, no, he was just like the church liked her husband better because Azrael was always kind of a rabble rouser. Mm. I think is the background. Yeah. Also like she was married to like a nobility or equivalent. So like when he, this upstart dude kills this like, you know, like established guy, society turns against. Yeah, Israel. yeah, that makes sense, and yeah. I could see being angry about that as well. But yeah, Azrael's got a lot of good motivations, and also, but they're not clear enough. Mm-hmm. And like, I just the 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 delivery sucked. The writing, like everything about this line, was not set up, and so I don't know who to blame except everyone. But like the. When Marissa's like, he's beautiful, and Asriel's like, everyone's beautiful. It comes off as so stupid, <laughs> well, but it's actually a really all good lives point. matter vibe. That's well, yeah, was... but it's it's like, but it's actually like a it's like a Black Lives Matter vibe because he's right. like, the church has been keeping people down. This guy's the cops. Mm. Angels are just fucking cops. Yeah, like, yeah, true. Yeah, you yeah. know, they're suppressing everybody else's lives who could be beautiful too. Yeah. It- it Unfortunately, th- came off as he tried to bone her again. That's how it came off. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like I was trying to be like, "You're beautiful." Like I, that would not have surprised <laughs> me at that point. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I get that. I get that. I don't. I don't read Asriel as a person who actually cares about people. So that's for sort of where, like, I think it that, falls. That I think it falls you. apart a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Because he can yeah. He. I mean, I think in some ways, like he sent somebody to to follow his daughter but then he called that person off once they realized a knife was broken so he's like i was like at first i thought he was just trying to hide that he cared about his daughter but i'm like i don't really think he cares about her i i sympathize with Azrael because i too like the idea that everyone should be open and harmonious and then when it actually comes to people sharing their feelings i'm like ew get away from me So I sympathize with the theory of like, he keeps talking about the Republic of Heaven, which is another thing. I was like, getting rid of monarchies. Yeah, I'm all for it. But like, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I'm like, ah, then you have to like go to assemblies and talk about like public works. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm <laughs> tired. Too much. Can't we all just get along and be done with it? <laughs> right. Yeah. I want the getting along of humanity that doesn't involve me leaving my house. <laughs> um, another Same, thing in this episode there's like i feel like the the main thrust of this episode really was just the asriel and marissa sort of tension and her obviously never never putting her guard down for a minute until apparently she's with the magisterium but that's for next episode Uh, yeah um and taking his his incredible flying thought machine um so that was a big part of it but then there was like in between obviously we had a little bit of will and lyra sprinkled in there that didn't really do a lot to advance their plot as much mm. um, they just fi- they fixed the knife they that, just fixed that was the knife it. They fixed was, that, the knife. Even, was yeah. that even in this episode or was that next that episode? was in this episode oh, yeah, that's right. yeah that was like the right at the end yeah. yeah and uh yeah that was fine um it was fine kind of anticlimactic but it was fine a little Lord of the Ringsy when they were like showing it being yes. forged. I was <laughs> yeah. like, forged. I like a good forging scene. Who'd lo- who know. doesn't love a good forging scene? Yeah. But, but we had like a little tiny peek of a professor lady. Uh, Mary is her name. Mary. Mary. Yeah. yeah. Mary um, why yeah. am I so suspicious of those two ladies that she is with? Should I be suspicious I or are also... they gone? Because like they were like they were, they were sneaky as hell. They were so they sneaky, were. and they sent her away with that pack. And I was like, is something wrong with that pack? Like, are they? Did they put a tracker? I, 
I don't trust them. Yeah, I don't know I if don't they know. have anything I'm to do also with anything. suspicious. Okay. Were they in the book? No. I don't think I don't so. Think so. I don't remember. Okay. So maybe no, they are actually yeah. nothing. But they seem sketchy as heck. I thought in the book the first quote-unquote people that she comes along, uh, she meets are those um, wheelie thingies. Yeah, I think she doesn't see anybody until them in the book. I have a, th- I have a theory about where I think this is going, but... Okay. I, I, it's not, A, it's not worth explaining, and it's like, I, I can't explain it without explaining spoilers, so. Okay. Oh, I think I see where you're going. Yeah. That makes sense. Sarah, Mary was one of the, the things that, um, from the first episode of this podcast for the season, when she showed up in the first two, I don't know which episode she showed up in, you were like, oh, she's there! She's not just like, she's doing her thing by herself. She's not just like lost in the wilderness. It's just like, she's she's hanging out. She's doing her thing. Good for her. Yeah, Eat, pray, love it. Time. Eat, pray, love it, girl. <laughs> she even had that little encounter with that cute elephant thing. What is that? I don't yeah. know. But it was very That's sweet. Like real important. I figured yeah. it might be, because I was like, and also then, she didn't even eat all the berries that poor creature gathered for her. She just like <laughs> left it, and I was like, girl... Girl, take the rock take, as a platter. Yeah. Mm. Or, you know, like, take all the berries, put them in, like, a, a handkerchief. I don't know. You could. Mm. She just didn't. I was like, you're yeah. going to be on a star. Well, at the end of that scene, it showed that she left something there. What did she leave? It looked like a, like a scarf. scarf. Yeah, like, or a glove. Yeah, like something knitted. Okay, so maybe is, not important. No, just, my like, guess something is, that shows that she was there. My guess I is mean, it panned over to it. Somebody's going to find it and trace her. Yeah. Track her. Yeah, that's my thought, too. Yeah. Because I feel like it was a weird yeah. thing to show. I think yeah. I think somebody's probably following her, and it's related to those two suspicious girls. Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking. But then I was like, maybe I'm just being paranoid because I, you know, when people are like, I've always relied on the kindness of strangers. I'm like, really? <laughs> have you? I don't trust anyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, deeply ironic line too when you quote it in the context of the Tennessee Williams play. <laughs> it's like the, the kindness of strangers didn't help anybody in that time. No one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly um but yeah i i feel like there was a lot of like setup there's a lot being set up in these two episodes yeah. not as much yeah. like action following through but a lot of setup for yeah it was very much like all right we we resolved kind of the first two episodes like the lyra kidnapping arc now this we have yeah setup we have fixing the knife we have uh you know uh setting up the republic of heaven army we have coulter defecting and then trying to undefect to the magisterium and now she's like officially against them like we have this this fucking dust bomb thing and and the uh alcoholic scientist who actually like i noticed her she gave a really good performance, like just a mm-hmm. very so small to, part. Was she good in? Job. So she must be in. She was in the um, like explosion at the station, right? That's why she's all burned up. I think so. Yeah. 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 No, she did a great performance because you can see yeah. like she doesn't. I don't like she does. She's in a spot where she doesn't want to be. Like she doesn't want to do yeah. this. And I'm wondering like how much of that is uh, dedication to. Uh, a religious doctrine and how part of that mm-hmm. is like i can't defect because they will kill me i don't know which one yeah, it is. Like, I think if i try to leave in any way they will kill me yeah but i think i think it's a little bit of both right like and i think there's that like fucked up scientific curiosity that like coulter fan you know she picked people who had that yeah who mm-hmm. like their scientific curiosity was stronger than their morals yeah yeah that yeah, makes totally. sense that makes sense um but that all happens in the next episode and not the third episode but that was that was my biggest sort of i mean obviously the other stuff happening is cool and all that but you know that for me this is like the the mercy coulter show because i find her the most compelling but like Mm. i genuinely 100% like part of me isn't because obviously i don't trust anything she does but at the same time i believe everything she does and (laughs) it felt like she was purposefully trying to be a double agent at the magisterium but I think, but maybe it was more that 
she wasn't ready to be a double agent. She wasn't ready to go to the Magisterium, but she wanted to see like if they could help her. And when she realized that they couldn't and that they were going to hurt Lyra, then she was like, you know, I'm taking a different tack. And then she kind of went back to Azriel's quote unquote Azriel's side as much as, as yeah. she is going back to Azriel's side. Let it wasn't necessarily fully planned out. It was more like I'm gonna see who can offer me the best deal. Is yeah, that kind totally. of what it was? Oh, that that's my vibe too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then like she gets there, and she's like, "Oh, these people have gone really off the deep end in the like six months that I wasn't here." Yeah, like I feel like it's that scene in Community where Troy walks in with like the pizza box and everything is on fire. <laughs> yes, like, yes, she came absolutely. Back and she's like, "Yo, Hugh," and he's like, "You better not call me Hugh. Show I me am some Father respect." President. Yeah, Father President. I was like, "Ew, that's like a, some weird like like sort of those weird like." sister wife uh terms <laughs> yeah feels like a real warhammer kind yeah. of vibe. yeah that too yeah. like what i just don't yeah. i don't care for that um although oh. it, it i mean like it is interesting right like it feels so paternalistic but then you know if you're catholic every you know you're just like father well and i think that that's i think this is another piece of and i realize that this is probably how it is like in the books and it is how you know, religious fanaticism works, but it also does feel like, again, for this, for this series, for this plot, they decided to take away the complexity of it and make them just straight up crazy religious driven by God. Um, No, it was there in the original. Yeah. Philip Pullman had, Philip Pullman had like a 20 year long bone to pick with the, with the Catholic (laughs) church. And he's like, he's kind of moved on a little bit from what I can tell, but like, a, it wasn't subtle. These books were meant to be the answer to Narnia because gotcha. Narnia is Christian indoctrination, and this is supposed to be like this. Is, no, you should murder God, okay. eight-year-olds, uh, <laughs> which I found delightful as an eight-year-old. I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll totally, uh, totally in. Yeah, more interesting than the lion who says like shows up and says a bunch of stuff I don't get about the son of Adam and the daughter of Eve. Uh, but the other thing is. Philip Pullman was part of the uh, atheist movement a little bit. Remember in like the early 2000s? With like Richard, with Richard Dawkins, Dawkins and stuff. Yeah. 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 Richard Dawkins had a vendetta against specifically evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. And which, okay. But like he thought that all religion was like that. And so that was a problem. And then Philip Pullman kind of hates Anglicanism and like Catholicism and all the stuff that's like more present in England, which again, like he's got legit critiques, but he also kind of Philip Pullman is actually just kind of a Gnostic. Like his world is filled with angels and wisdom and fairies and mm. other worlds, and it's like it's mm. actually kind of weirdly religious. Yeah. So we could talk about this more at length, but like that's kind of the weird thing that that he's got going on. Like he hates organized religion. Yeah, I was gonna say that that was that was. <laughs> The, that was my main one of my main comments too in this, and I, I briefly talked about it earlier. Was th- there is by the way there there is something that feels intensely British about this like this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like watching it, I'm like, this is so. I just even though it's not like a British production, like I, as far as I know that this is not necessarily like they might film some scenes in the UK, but like I think, it's like not, the BBC has a stake in it. They or something. might because it feels like yeah. a BBC show. Well, especially like the first season with Will and his mom, it felt a lot like it, mm-hmm. but. Mm-hmm. The idea that, like, the afterlife slash uh, purgatory like, was a bureaucracy, right? I was like, this is yeah. such a, like, such a British sort of take on <laughs> things. So you see all the these, like, little pieces, like, the places where he gets the most mad are when there's some sort of weird bureaucracy in place. <laughs> and that is even true of, like, Azrael, right? Because it's not necessarily bureaucratic, but he does have, like, a council, and he thinks that, you know, his solution is to kill God, but also to impose as, or Marissa seems to think to impose himself in place as like Mm -hmm. the head of things. So it's all against like people who want to place their bureaucratic structure on it. Um, But it, that is, I can see what you mean. It does feel religious. Like it's, the argument doesn't feel like religion is bad. The argument feels like, because the the whole thing incredibly heavy handed with death, this episode um, felt like, Oh, religion and like or spirituality, if you want to call it that, 
can be a good and powerful and beautiful thing, like the idea of death. Death is not scary. It is something that brings you into this world and follows you and then takes you out of this world kindly. Like, that is a religious idea in my head, um, as opposed to a atheistic idea. That's, like, even an agnostic. Like, maybe there is some, like, higher power, yeah. some other thing that's kind and good, and it's not just suddenly you're there and suddenly you're not there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so that yeah. tracks to me. Yeah, and I, to be clear, I don't know what Philip Pullman would say about this, the person, but based on Philip Pullman, the readings of his, like, fiction and nonfiction, I think that's totally on point. And, like, that's also kind of what we all hope for, most of us, except, right. like, the super hardcore people who either want it to be absolutely true religion or absolutely yeah. nothing. It's just kind yeah. of like, wouldn't it be nice if your death showed up and it was just, like, this friendly person who kind yeah. of looked like hey, you let's and go. were like, hey, you yeah. did a good job, yeah. let's go. yeah. And they walked off into the sunset as friends. Exactly. Like the I mean, I'd much brother. rather death look like um, Simone Kirby from Sandman. What What is her name? Simone Kirby. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Um, I don't remember. It's her. a hyphen. You know Simone from The Good Place? Yeah, basically. Okay. <laughs> Simone from The Good yeah. Place. I would love that. Who was death in, in Sandman, yes. But who was, it? who was it? Was it Steph? Did you make the comment in the chat that you've been watching The Good Place and you'd love Chidi to be right next to Coulter? <laughs> yes, because last, <laughs> last week we were talking, we kept calling Asa Hetra the time knife. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. I would love that too. Also, because I just think of uh, like Michael at one point asking Chidi, how do ethical philosophers feel about murder? And he's like, that good. <laughs> Marissa. Not oh, good. Yeah. Um, quick aside, Marissa's mom is still alive. Is that something that's going to be important Wait, really? or no? Well, I think she said the trunk came from, of her clothing. Yeah. Her mom sent oh, the trunk, right? right? Like, it, But now that you told a story about her potentially being married to nobility or equivalent of nobility and then having an affair, like I could see her mother casting her off and then when she comes back to like the proper society again very british so it doesn't shock me that that was like part of it that her mom is like trying to be like i told you you should come back and wait who is marissa a coulter coulter oh yeah yeah yeah. sorry but she had that trunk and she said it was from her mother so i'm like her mom is still alive and that's i don't know that feels like it's a weird detail to throw in but yeah. it is a weird detail. I actually don't know. I don't think it comes yeah. up in the book, but I like... I, yeah. But I also don't recall her getting the, the clothes in the book. But I don't yeah. remember a lot of what happens in I don't remember I don't her mother. She's in not the book. a POV character yeah. in the book. Okay, so I we might I don't not even her see that in the book. Yeah. Coulter? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Cause she feels like such an like integral part of the show. But maybe yeah. also well, especially like with the the you know, Coulter's arc this season really being about motherhood and yeah. like how it's important and sacred and I need to protect my daughter and I was a shit mother and now I'm making up for it. And Even if it's yeah. Munchausen's by proxy. Yes, even if I have to murder many children <laughs> to be a better mother. Yeah, I even guess if my daughter, daughter doesn't want me to participate in her life. Yes, even if that involves light kidnapping. Light kidnapping. <laughs> and keeping her drugged forever? For question mark? Question <laughs> What was what was the end of that plan, Coulter? Right. Where was I, I can't where go was this going? That. Oh man. Uh yeah. I think the answer was that she was gonna get the time knife and and like jump to a different dimension or something. Because she was Probably. really interested in that time knife. Yeah. It's but. hard to tell how much of it was planned in advance and how much she's just good at taking advantage of situations mm. that crop up. Because she's like, I had a plan. She's like, I totally planned this. Right. (laughs) I meant to do this. Yeah, she got, it was crazy to me, though, that she is so, um, well, I think that they're trying to show that, well, I think that this episode they're trying to show that she's she's blinded by Lyra in that she didn't think about the Magisterium spying on her, which of course they were going to do. And she said, I got arrogant. And mm-hmm. so I thought that was when she starts making more decisions that seem more morally aligned, she she's like in a way weaker for it, which is weird. And I don't I mean, I don't yeah. think that's the point, but it was it was interesting that like that's sort of what has become her the like weakness in her armor is is Lyra. 
I think you're right. Yeah. Cause like ultimately like what kind of gets her caught is when she steals the hair back mm-hmm. in the, in the fourth, the, yeah. the hit. So they're like using Lyra's hair to make a bomb. Yep. And uh, yeah. And like she steals it back and burns it. And then I think at that point she's like, and that, yeah, that's when she's like, I didn't know how far they'd go. Uh, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, it's surprising to me that she's like, I didn't realize how far they'd go. You literally helped them create a, yeah, chi- a child, yeah, a child a little... chopping machine. Like, what? Yeah, but yeah, I think, again, I think you're right. Like, the idea that, like, well, they sent an assassin, and I expected that, and I beat that guy. So they'll probably just kind of keep trying the same thing. And, like, yeah. I think she was, yeah, blinded by Lyra in a way. Like, yeah. Uh, also, uh un well related but uh every time they have like a they have like a new theme for marissa now this season or a theme that i hadn't heard like musical theme that i hadn't heard before and mm-hmm. every time it started playing i kept thinking it was going to be a cover of nirvana's heart-shaped box so next time you <laughs> hear next time you okay. watch think that and you're gonna be like oh my god it absolutely sounds like that i gotta listen to that yeah yeah listen yeah, for yeah. it at least that's how i felt um and I realize that's probably not intentional, but I'm like, mm, it might be. Might be. Who knows? The creators are of the show are like, dang it, she found us out. <laughs> found us out. <laughs> or maybe it was intentional. Like one of the interesting things is like we're all talking about like they panned in on this random scarf for two mm. and a half to three seconds, and so we know it's important. Is like people are getting better versed in the the language of filmography. Yeah. And so like they can do stuff like play a little theme from Heart Shape Box and know that somebody's going to get it, which yeah. is kind of cool. Totally. And also yeah. kind of like, well, shit, now you have to like try hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'll read into everything. Um, They're coming for you, Sarah. No. The Mysterium's coming. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so, but Lyra, she, I, can we get get into the Lyra of it all? The purgatory and, okay, I have a hot take on this and I think Sarah is on the same, same wavelength as me here. Let's hear it. Okay. So similar to the way that like Asriel's motivations don't always seem the best, Lyra's motivation and obsession with helping Roger is it is too thin on the ground and i think in a book format especially like a book intended for children which is pretty short that is fine but the problem is a this is like you know more stretched out and content wise and you have and daphne Keene is doing a great job with what she's given but you have amir wilson who plays will and kit connor who plays pandalemon giving these incredible performances like trying to convince her like this is a terrible idea we should not be doing this this does not make sense and then like especially at the end the the end scene where she's like telling pan she has to leave him like they are crushing it their their characters perform uh, motivations are much more well defined much stronger and it's so this yeah this like obsession with going and finding roger cuz she had a dream about him it just doesn't carry it does not hold water 1000 percent, i agree with you and to piggy like adding to that is it feels almost to the point where it feels so selfish her motivation yes in, yes. in, in, a, in a completely blind way that i don't know if this is in the books but i'm like are they trying to parallel her with her parents like the more she tries not to be like them and the more she is like them like very single-minded doesn't care who she takes down in in the they, shuffle they definitely are making some of like especially like they had her dressed a little bit more like Coulter in this episode for yeah. sure because I just I it, think that's a really good I point think yeah. she's also coming into the same thing as like not the same thing but the thing of like being like I'm not special I'm not special but deep inside she thinks she is special yeah. Because she's like, I need to follow everything I see because everything I see is true. Yeah, I, th- I see that. Even though she said she doesn't want to be, I still see that. Um, and, and I acknowledge that she is a child who saw her best friend murdered by her uncle dad in yeah. front of her. Um, and that's going to scar you. But and, and wanting to sort of. So so in that way, if I take it in that context, it's not none of this is about Roger. It's just about redeeming herself. Um, yeah. When I think of it that yeah. way, it's like she's like, she's like, I have to help Roger. And um, it's to make you feel better. 
Yes. It's to make you feel yeah. better. It, and maybe she really is concerned for Roger, but that doesn't come across. It is about making herself feel better. And she's bringing Will into this where Will could and probably will die. And she takes advantage of his kindness and his willingness to put her first. And, and that's not a good friend. That's not being a good friend. And she's hurting Pan, who is supposed to be part of her. And that was... Yeah. Like, if they wanted me to have sympathy when she was screaming, I had none for her. I had no sympathy for Lyra yeah. at that point, purely for Pan. And I was like, that's Crying. so, so selfish. Yeah. And it made me so, yeah. it made me so upset. I was like, this feels like I don't, I'm not rooting for her. I mean, obviously I'm rooting for her to get out of this purely because of Will and Pan, not because mm-hmm. I think she deserves to get out of this. And it was, I, I haven't turned against Lyra. Like I've never been a huge, like pro Lyra person per se. I, I haven't been against her, but this really kind of, made me dislike her a lot in this episode what she does to pan intentionally yes is so much worse than what she did to roger unintentionally she did not know that that was going to happen to roger she made a mistake and that sucks she intentionally like has done this horrible thing to pan like not just the leaving but like you know they you know I'm going to the land of the dead. You can't follow. Like, what is he supposed to do now? Where is he supposed to go? He's just like stuck in purgatory by himself. Like he can't cut through worlds. Like he's, he has no idea if they're ever going to come back. No idea if she will ever see him again. She doesn't even leave him with a podcast or a book. What is he supposed to do? Just sit by the shore and wait? Yeah. Just be bored? I, I just, I yeah I, I there was something else I was gonna add and I'm trying to remember what it was because I just was like so upset by that you were thrown off by my wittiness yes I doesn't feel I don't know how again I don't know how it tracks in the books and I understand that you're always going to have that Harry Potter s character who thinks that no matter what that they're right and that their moral Ooh. their moral compass is the correct one and therefore mm-hmm. they're going to do it no matter what because it is the right thing to do I realize that that is a archetypical character especially in children's literature but it feels like the better message would be hey you know what your dad murdering your best friend isn't your fault and it's not your responsibility to make up for that it is his like but but in this case that's not what the lesson ends up being and maybe it will because maybe she'll get stuck there but obviously she won't because they have to save the world and all that stuff um but so i don't know how that how that tracks in the book but to me it feels like she just totally it, it yeah i think because the it's it's a kids book and i you don't need those motivations as well defined i don't think there's as much pushback from will and pan in the books because you don't need it you don't need like you don't need to show as much as you do in a like hour long television show right, right. like in a a short book for kids you know it can be like one chapter well, yeah, and that's I think that's what so, it was. It was like yeah. this has been like at least two full episodes of her being being mm-hmm. gung ho about finding yeah, and Roger. Like yeah, one point to make, and she's just making the same point over and over again. Whereas like Will and Pan like have a plethora of points to be like, this is a terrible idea. Like they don't even know how they're gonna get back. They don't. Like, know. Yeah, she just blindly yeah. trusts that they can yeah. get back. Yeah, yeah, and like because to be fair, like she pretty much always comes out. Ahead, not ahead, but like, you know, she has a, up to, I guess, this point always been successful in doing the wild things that she does. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also, I mean, and, you know, not that she needs to sacrifice for the greater good or anything like that. And also the idea of greater good is pretty terrible. But she she just decides that, you know, like she and Will are supposed to be the two people fighting and leading this war. Right. And she's she's like, you know what, we're going to go and try and find this friend of mine in hell and we might never come back. And she's okay with that, with like sacrificing, like potentially them being these, these people who are able to free even more people. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's not what a little kid is going to think about, but yeah, I think that's honestly okay by me Yeah, because she, she, if she doesn't want to fight in her father's war, yes, 1, I respect that. Oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Well, especially yeah. that's, and that I understood, like I did understand her, telling will not to go to him and not to bring the knife to him i was i agreed with her on that because 
Yeah, no, he's a murderer who took advantage of her, and mm-hmm. she has every right not to join that fight. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, yes, I one thousand percent agree with that. But she, but she still uses she still uses her place as like this. She still uses her destiny as a card, though, is a thing, right? Like, I don't know. Although she doesn't want to be special anymore, so. So I I think all of that's a really good point, and I haven't articulated that to myself and so I really appreciate the like this is why I don't like Lyra and I think my problem with the acting I just realized because of what you said is that Daphne Keene is a very good actress and she is playing this like an adult she has been acting like an adult with subtle reactions with subtle nuances she's kind of keeping it close to her chest she's thinking about stuff she's not being a child but the whole appeal of Lyra, and like, this is less to do with the fact that the a- actors clearly aged. <laughs> we could talk about that. Yeah. But like, even in the first season, Daphne Keene has been around Hollywood and been around productions long enough that she kind of plays a little bit more like carefully, uh, I think. Um, but like, Lyra's not a nuanced character. Lyra is a bulldoze through things. And Lyra is supposed to be a lot funnier and a lot more brazen than Daphne Keene is playing her. And I just think that, like, I don't want to follow Lyra into the land of the dead. I'm more sympathetic with Pan because Pan's an adorable little little yeah. creature. And Lyra's kind of acting like an adult. And if an adult did that to me, I would be pissed as hell. But if a child was like, I have to go save my friend, mm-hmm. you, you kind of get it a little bit more. I don't know. Um, well, and then, uh, yeah. I, there was something that Pan said that was something along the lines of, Uh, Because she was like, I thought you were on my side. And he says something. He said, I thought I was alongside you or something along those lines. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Which broke my heart. I cried. I I genuinely was so like, I I told you, I watched the episodes twice. I skipped over that last part. So I was just like, I'm not watching this poor little sweet baby have to go through this again. Um, But that's what I think is. I think then that's that ties into what you're saying is that I she doesn't feel she doesn't feel like somebody you want to follow. Like Pan is definitely somebody who's you're fighting alongside him. Right. And so if, if I felt mm. more like that's how Lyra viewed it and we said it was more funny and, and brazen and gung ho, it might read better as opposed to somebody who is a little bit more reserved. So maybe it feels more calculating or something, or I don't know. I can't, I can't, but I think you're, I think you're right. I think that that is how she's playing it. And I'm not sure having not known book Lyra, I'm not sure it works for for the show as yeah. well. I just, I remember, so admittedly, this is in The Golden Compass, which was two seasons ago and two books ago. But this is from the book part, um, and it doesn't show up in the show, where she's just sitting, she's run away from Coulter, and she's just, she finds a place in this cafe, this all-night cafe. She's, she's a child, and she's not supposed to be out that late at night. And someone approaches her, like some creepy dude, and she's like, I'm waiting for my dad. He's a murderer. <laughs> and she just says it. She just fucking lies about it. And it like, it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's like this funny little brazen little kid thing to say. He's like, oh, I see him now. And the guy, the creep goes away. It's like, she's very effective. And you never kind of see that, like, that I do what I want effectiveness played to like the audience. It's like, I hate to say this, but like, the show is so serious. You kind of need those Marvel movements to kind of lighten the tension a little bit. Yeah. To just be like, you just need Lyra to turn around and kind of wink in the camera's direction, being like, I could do this all day. Yeah. Yeah. Vijaya, what were you going to say? Talking about when she leaves Pan and she screams in the boat that it was hurting her so much. I know it was supposed to elicit like, um, pangs of sadness but all i was thinking is that's what you get like yeah. you left him i was totally. like yeah. don't be sad or be like oh this hurts so much good mm-hmm. yeah it should right and then yeah. also also the fact uh again this is a little bit of the thing with the selfishness um was that they explained that will did doesn't have a demon but he has a soul right and they're like yeah, somewhere like, will somewhere, should also be somewhere feeling. along the way it's going to mm-hmm. separate and um and one will should be feeling it you would think but two mm-hmm. is that lyra just made that decision again for him 
Like, yeah. because yeah. he doesn't have a physical mm-hmm. spirit, she didn't care as, like, I don't know. That kind of, I mean, again, the boatman says something along the lines of like, well, she, unfortunately she can like talk to her, her, her soul and have a conversation with it. You can't, but the same thing is going to happen to you. Right. Um, Which is like you were saying, because the point is, is it some like that, that's through your manifestation of your soul, that kind of thing. So it's just kind of the fact that Lyra is not even thinking about his soul either is like, you're doing the same thing to him that was done to Roger. And it's kind of weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, actually, yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, and, like, to kind of what Christina was saying is, like, it's worth remembering they're supposed to be, like, 11. Mm-hmm. Right. They're supposed to be pre-pubescent. Okay, yeah, so because, that, that, that we like, should definitely talk when about. You, when you hit puberty, you start accumulating dust, and so, like, that was the whole point of using children, because they, they had, had no sin on them, they had no dust on them. Like, they are supposed to be, like, t- 11. Mm-hmm. And obviously, obviously, like, you know, from just a, a technical perspective, you know, that that is not a, an option, you know, but not even with COVID, like they had, you know, this takes a, this time, like they're both like 17 and 18 now, like it's, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it's like they're full but ass like, adults. They, yeah, I think they've quietly kind of like not mentioned those parts of the plot because like these are two walking, talking adults with like <laughs> Will's voices dropped. And, like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an 11-year-old Will. How's yeah. it going? <laughs> and, yeah, and again, like, it makes sense for an 11-year-old to be like, no, I have to help my friend. I had a dream mm-hmm. about him. It does not make sense for a 17-year-old yes, I think, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that that is a huge disadvantage that is not necessarily fair to place on the show. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And like, I did, that's one of those things where like, I'm not putting that on the show. I'm not putting that on the actors like and unfortunately like it's kind of a it is a factor in a number of things that make lyra's motivations not great yeah mm-hmm. um yep yeah yeah so how how do you how do we feel at the end of of these episodes i just want to pick up pan and cuddle him <laughs> oh my god i just Poor love baby. him he was so sad oh. Every time his little face, they show his little face. Every like when they were talking about death being there with you, and Pan's little face was just like just sitting there on yeah. the bench. And oh like, my god! I think earlier in the episode he said something like, "We'll always what?" Oh, in the in the early in episode three, he said, "Whatever happens, we'll be together." And I like I knew what was coming, so I was just yeah. like, oh, god. "You're like, don't say that." No, no, Pan, no. Pan, no. Don't say that, um, Pan. Let's all go to the Humane Society and adopt a ferret and name it. Yes. <laughs> in, in two weeks' time, I'm like, I have no sympathy for Pan. Why the fuck did you make me adopt a ferret? <laughs> Turns out Pan's a monster. <laughs> it's eating its way through everything oh, in my apartment. They, like, find Pan again. He's got, like, an eye patch and a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's where Rocket Raccoon came from. Mm. I, you know what, that, that is an origin story that would make me sad, but also I would love. <laughs> Tough little pan. So cute. So also, you're not going to tell me what the beautiful, cute little elephant thing is? No. Uh, that uh, no, it'll come up next episode. Soon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it's also too hard to explain. That okay. is uh, not what I expected to look like. No, they didn't have the wheel. I know. So and also, <laughs> I'm sorry, it looks it's really like weird a... when I'm talking about an elephant. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll there was get no to that, wheel. I promise. <laughs> where's the, where's the where's the giant seed? Where's the wheel? I was like, yeah. is it operated inside by a bunch of littler people? <laughs> <laughs> I I would imagine that in the next two episodes we'll get a pretty good uh, uh, it, it introduction on them, and we can we can talk a little bit more about them next week because. There's a yeah I'm I'm interested to see I I get why <laughs> maybe things will be different but uh, we'll see how it plays out okay yeah okay I'm putting a pin in it I'll remember how many episodes are in this season I was trying to remember I was just gonna say eight. is it eight or ten this is season three right yeah. yeah so the next episode that says new on Google it just says no way out December nineteenth. It doesn't list two. It only lists one. I'm seeing one called The Abyss. Oh, okay. I don't... 
I don't so know. That's five and six. I think it it's ends when December ends. So I think it's eight. Like that Green Day. Like song. Green Day song. You know. literally, <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think it's eight. So I think it's this week and the next week, and then it's done. Because the previous well, season, I, I think I, we're eight. When right? is, IMDb has eight has eight listed. Correct. Yeah. yeah, so it's eight. Yeah, season one was eight, and season two was seven. So when does The Last of Us come out? I think it must be uh, January. January. It's like January 13th or something. It's like the okay. second week of January, yeah. Yeah, so the last two episodes are the 26th. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're clearly finishing this up to get The Last of Us. Yeah. Like, all there. the kids who started watching this four years ago are adults now. And they can watch the sad <laughs> zombie show. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're like, well, I grew up just like these kids. Now I uh nothing to live for. Oh, I did. Actually, I have one more thought on... Coulter, uh, her, her very like, I've made a huge mistake moments, kind of when she realizes how fucked up the Magisterium is, but then also very much like, bitch, I will take you down with me, like let's that was great. let's dance, motherfucker. Oh, you, I loved, you I helped loved me. That yeah, we we murdered the old cardinal together. What's up? I that was that was like I was like that was the moment where I thought, oh, I think she really like cares about Lyra. Because mm-hmm. I don't think he would try and go out in a blaze of glory that much, unless that's fair. But maybe not. Yeah. Maybe that's her only option. But I did love it, yeah. regardless of of what the motivation is. I love that she's like, if I'm going down, you're coming with yeah. me. It's like, I, and like, I will burn down any future career I have with this organization. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. I also really liked the acting detail where the father, where Hugh. Uh, stops up her mouth with his hand it's just like that is her that is her greatest power is her ability to like take and twist words Mm -hmm. and it's also something they did to witches is like they can't talk uh yeah they had these medieval devices called scolds that would like they'd go in around like they would cage your head and like keep your mouth from moving or like they would stuff your mouth um, so that you couldn't say spells, and that was that's kind of like the medieval like attitude that they have going on. Is just like, no, I'm going to stop you from talking, because like the truth, it turns out, is kind of magical. It has consequences when you say the truth. <laughs> What's I going to say? Oh, I, love that. I did. I didn't mean to say that when I was reading. Um, the part of the book where they're in purgatory and waiting f- to be um, rowed over. Um, like the way they showed it in the show, it just seemed like they were in, tra- well, they were technically in transit, um, but it just kind of seemed like they were in a waiting room, like waiting to board. But I just remember being very, um, not frustrated, but very panicky when I was reading it. Like, uh, didn't know what was happening. And because there are like droves and droves of quote unquote people, and they were just walking aimlessly towards something. Yeah, it's like a shanty town. Yeah. And it it was just like kind of, it was sad and depressing. And it was just like hopelessness where this one was just like, it didn't have any feeling other than they were just waiting. That's a good point. Yeah. There was definitely a sense that something needed to change in the land of the dead. Like the land Mm. of the dead was bad, but here it was just kind of urgent. I was just like, okay, you got a train to catch. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There was a, a dystopian vibe. Mm-hmm. in the book i don't like being in like a layover like who does but yeah. it when i was reading the book it didn't feel like i was waiting in like doing a very long layover in like chicago it just <laughs> felt like i didn't know O'Hare is the worst we can all agree that if purgatory were an airport it would be o'hare <laughs> we can all agree that triggered me <laughs> I don't know Honestly, has anybody here not spent more than four hours stuck in that airport at any given point because I have at least twice oh, it's the worst airport I don't know I don't know what's worse being in a big airport and actually having things to do or because I've had to stay I've had to wait for my 
plane in the Lansing airport where literally they have one restaurant and one store and you can either eat the sandwich or go read this one magazine <laughs> and you have to share it with all the other passengers, yes. all the other passengers. and you're like you want this turkey sandwich no. <laughs> Oh you're my not god, supposed I'm that at the eat, top of the episode. You're not supposed to eat food in the underworld. That's like the one rule about the underworld. Mm. Actually, I, I feel like I remember that being a small plot point is that there's no food available there. And so like, they can't stay there forever. They have to go oh, somewhere. Interesting. Because that there's no food and water. Yeah. yeah. But it's it, I get it. Like That is like a weird, dumb detail that you don't need to put into the TV. It kind of is. Yeah. Will, Will and Pat would be like, great, we're fucking leaving then. The writers, but like, that just tells me the writers weren't paying attention because it's like, no, that creates a sense of urgency. You have to make a decision. Right. Uh, I might be missing. That annoys me. But. but also, and technically, I mean, I think the urgency of the decision was that Will's like, I got to get this knife to Azrael. I think that they were trying to use that as the urgent thing. Possibly. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah. not that I feel like it's that urgent but that's what i read yeah. as as the piece of urgency but it is really yeah, interesting that, right. the, that f- i think the food fact would have been interesting but also mm-hmm. that's because i like food and also don't eat food in the underworld yeah. although yeah. purgatory yeah. isn't the underworld yet don't do it both both very important points when they go into that room where like that dude kind of tries to block them um i was like it's been a while since they ate are they not hungry yeah, because we're we're glossing over that. Uh, I did the three notes that I said I took was sad golden monkey, sad pan, sad people. <laughs> <laughs> but Jaya's always been very tuned into the moods of the golden monkey, I, if I recall. Yeah. I felt so bad for the golden monkey. I always do too. Yeah. Um, I was just like that time like that, that he was like looking out the window. Like when he's, blue, when he's in a car. Poor little monkey. I like that when um, Coulter is being uh, taken away or wherever she's going, and they bring out the handcuffs, and she goes, is that for me? And then (laughs) it's the monkey that comes out in handcuffs. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to the sexual tension. I can't wait to see what is in store with the... Mm -hmm. With a cute little elephant that is controlled by tiny people inside. Oh, we didn't talk about the polar bear. Oh, yeah. York was there. Yeah, he was there. He was there. He reforged the knife. Yeah, Yeah, we talked about him a little bit. But Um, when is Lynn going to be back? Next episode. He's dead. He died. No, he showed it. They showed it in the preview. They showed yeah. the preview for next week already. Well, the, let's see. They're going to the place where all the dead people yeah. are. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's like they're going to the land of the dead. They're gonna see. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. They're gonna discover. I them remember. There. Yeah, I remember the next part of. Not yeah. that this is a spoiler, but I remember in the book I was being I was very panicky about the next. If I think that that's this is where it's gonna go next uh, episode, next two episodes, I remember being very panicky about those two. It's, it's a real, uh, it's a real Harry Potter with that with the stone thing, where you see all the, the dead people. Was it <laughs> oh, like you know, oh, oh. the resurrection book? Stone? Thank you. Yes, <laughs> I was like Just, the chamber of secrets. I was like, no. you know, you know the that was stone. stone. The philosopher's. Yeah. There's a lot of important stones. There's a lot of special rocks in that series. So many special rocks in that series. Yeah. Listen, I like jewelry, okay, but <laughs> Ravenclaw's diadem. Um, okay, so well, what okay. Uh, what what demon would you give this episode? Uh, I hmm. give this episode. Uh, I would make it a a little cute winter sable, given the double bird. <laughs> how dare you lyra how dare you do that to my sweet baby pan uh just i just feel i just felt a lot of anger uh in these episodes toward not only a little bit toward lyra which was maybe undeserved but certainly toward the patriarchy uh and the magisterium so i just feel like everybody just i just want to flip everybody off and be like I'm not subscribing to your shit <laughs> So that's my uh, that's my demon for this episode. <laughs> my demon for this episode is there's a t-shirt on my 
Amazon wish list. I was looking for that when we, we were talking earlier. Um, it's a cat stabbing something. I can't remember what it's stabbing. It has. It's holding a bloody knife, and it's looking at you, going, "What?" That's my <laughs> demon, and the cat is. Um, it could be Coulter, or it, right now it's really lighter. I mean, like what? I didn't kill Pan, you killed Pan. <laughs> so my my demon is I'm gonna say it's a tapir. Because I Ooh. thought those elephant the wheeled elephants look like tapirs. They do look like tapirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cute. Tapirs, yeah. It's also a tapir because the children and the adult tapirs look very different. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like they're a little weird, but like in spite of everything, I really like them. And, you know, in spite of all my criticisms, I really like these episodes. They were tense. They were engaging. Yes. I'm excited Ooh. to find out what happens next. So, like, yeah, take care. I, I am going to say that this episode is a butterfly. Ooh. And it was still pretty nice to look at. A little flimsy. And mm. uh, where it's going, I don't totally know. But, you know, it's going. And neither nice. does it. Yeah. I don't like butterflies, so you know what? <laughs> I kind of get it. I'm like, no. Oh, I did like these episodes, but yeah, but a little bit scary at the same time. <laughs> no, I don't like it. Their little faces. Ugh. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, but Sarah, Sarah likes Sarah likes moths. Interesting. Okay, no, that's not a Sarah likes moths face. <laughs> Butterflies are just glorified moths. I've said it many times. I will say it again. <laughs> all strong, moths. strong all gross, all gross, gross faces and unpredictable flight patterns. No, thank you. I'm saying, Can we get that on oh, a patch? I want that on the back of a jacket. Yeah. I've, said, I've said it before, and I'll say it again for her birthday surprise one day. We should break into her apartment and fill her closet with uh, moths and butterflies. Why would you do that? Oh my god! Do you hate so me? <laughs> I would have a I breakdown. I don't mind them, but I would hate that. <laughs> yeah, not to mention probably eat all my clothing. Ugh. Anyway, you would uh, you would kill all the monarch butterflies. Honestly, if they were in my apartment, without hesitation. <laughs> um, okay, so the giant. I acknowledge that they're in. sadism. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. Uh, you can find me. Where can you find me? Um, technically, I still have a Twitter. Uh, I also have an Instagram at her lady Tompkins. Steph, I am on the various social media things at Steph O Kingston, and Christina and I have a book podcast called Woo! No Page Unturned, where we continue to talk about people who want to kill gods and replace the gods with themselves. <laughs> It's Which a theme I realize that Asriel is absolutely relis far. <laughs> I don't understand that reference, but I appreciate nope. it and I love it. It's yep. all right. It's all right. Uh, Vijaya. Hello. Um, you can find me on, I'm kind of on Twitter. Uh, recently rejoined. Um, it's Ethnic Ninja on Twitter and Instagram ethnic ninja 1084 and sarah and i have a another podcast that we haven't recorded our last season um and it's called it your wizard harry it's gonna happen we'll get there mm -hmm. one more season yeah. one, more. one last time I'm thinking of <laughs> one day more we can go in different directions oh, man. uh and you can find me no longer really on twitter um, but on Instagram at Christina M. Ladd and on Mastodon-ish at Christina Ladd uh, on the home.social server. I don't know if this is going to last. We're all, we're, this... all we're all, Elon Musk is yeah. ruining everything for everyone. Yep. So. Oh my God. I just, I just wanted one thing, you guys. <laughs> and it was and not to have of... Elon Musk in your life. Mm. Yeah. Instead, a giant man child came in and peed on it. And I just <laughs> do we have to No. Anyway, thanks for listening to this podcast that's yeah. not about Elon Musk. <laughs> Sorry it was a bit late, but uh it's the holidays and shit is crazy. So yeah. I don't uh, think anybody is is waiting with bated breath for these anyways. So. Somebody so, is listen. Yeah. I am always. It's me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, uh stop record.
Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. bye. bye.